It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I said yesterday the Washington Commanders should be on the phone with San Francisco to discuss training for wide receiver Debo Samuel, but does Chris agree? Speaking of odd developments, Washington is visiting the potential number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And Jason Friedman's testimony to Congress is in question and why that could spell trouble for the commander's whistleblower right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, and we thank you for making us your first listen or view every single day. I am David Harrison, covering the Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, and my co-host Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete Medhurst there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO Commanders. We thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view every single day. Chris, yesterday, well, Wednesday, it came out that uh, Debo Samuel wants to be traded from the San Francisco 49ers. I said that the Washington Commanders should absolutely be on the phone placing a call to John Lynch of the San Francisco 49ers to see what the price might be. And if they would be willing to pay it, but you weren't here. So now let's get your uh, idea of this because not every commander's fan agreed with me. All right. So here's the deal. I think you should absolutely make the phone call. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to make the phone call in any way, shape or form. Uh, it's free. Bruce Allen once told me they have phones in Hawaii, David. Yes, they do. Um, and, and they have so phones in not- Afghanistan, Chris. It, I can tell really? you that. I mean, you would know that. I can't confirm that, but you would know that. But Bruce Allen once told me in a press conference, seriously, uh, the the former president of the Washington, then Redskins, uh, that they have phones in Hawaii. So I assume they have phones in San Francisco as well, right? So I I would think we could make a phone call from Washington, D.C. or Northern Virginia to San Francisco to see what the price might be, if it's even an option. Now, that's where I basically stop agreeing essentially with those that want to bring in Debo Samuel. Yeah. And, and and here's the reason why. And, and it's it's a couple fold, right? I love the player. I I, I get that the player has a, a versatile skill set, but I don't know why the player Debo Samuel is upset in San Francisco. I assume it's because he wants to be paid as a top flight wide receiver and being used as a gadget weapon is not getting him the money that he wants. Right. I would assume 
he's trying to preserve his career by being more of a traditional receiver as opposed to, again, said gadget weapon, Corderell Patterson type. Uh, you know, the way he was used the last second half of last year and in the playoffs. I get what Debo Samuel is at. But what I don't agree with is, A, the way he's handling it. So now I've mm -hmm. got a character slash maturity issue. On top of that, David, here's my question to you. They brought in Curtis Samuel and paid Curtis Samuel a lot of money. Yep. And they brought back J.D. McKissick. Do we not already have, if Curtis Samuel is healthy, and that's a huge mm -hmm. if, do we not already have basically a combined version of what Debo Samuel brings to the San Francisco 49ers offense already right. on the roster and that you're already paying, you know, a significant chunk of money to not to mention, not to mention, um, McKissick, uh, Curtis Samuel, and really Antonio Gibson. If you're planning on using Antonio Gibson a little bit differently this year, more as a receiver, more as a gadget type, more in the slot, all the different things that Debo Samuel does. So I look at it, and maybe I'm wrong, as kind of a repetitive spending of resources unless we're talking about another scenario which we can visit after I, we bounce it back to you, of course. Yeah, I mean, when when I look at, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't go as far as to say that Washington needs to go get Debo Samuel, no matter what the cost. Like whatever the 49ers want, just give it to them and mm -hmm. bring Debo Samuel Samuel to Washington. I just think the talent is intriguing enough. Uh, he's a young guy to to put in the phone call, like you said, and then go from there. Just see what the expense is going to be. Uh, but it is, it's important to know why he wants to leave San Francisco, and you know, it's important to remember. So legal, you're illegal tampering, right? is you know courting a player or their agent or talking publicly about wanting a player uh, that's under contract. However, teams can give permission and and the permission isn't always made public. Right? You go back to trades before where it's like, you know, uh DeAndre Hopkins getting traded from the Houston Texans to the Arizona Cardinals and he's getting a new 5-year $140 million contract in the process. That contract did not get negotiated in the 5 minutes it took for the trade to go right. through and Adam Schefter to break the news. Right. That contract was negotiated as part of the terms of the trade. So Teams will talk to these players before trades go down, and that is a very, very important detail. Why is Debo Samuel wanting out of San Francisco, number one? Number two, why did he feel he needed to go the route that he went? Because if this is a blitz, if this is an ambush from Debo Samuel, San Francisco 49ers, where they had no warning and no sign uh, that Debo wanted out of San Fran, and then all of a sudden he unfollows all their social media, takes all the Niners logos off, and then releases a statement through his agent saying, I want out of San Fran, that could definitely be a problem. Uh, so you need to find out what the reasoning is uh, for him to want out of San Francisco as well. Um, the My assessment comes from not knowing any of that. Right. And then, like I said, several times this offseason, I operate off of what we know. And as of right now, we don't know what Curtis Samuel brings to the Washington Commanders, but we do know what Debo Samuel could bring, which is why I absolutely want Washington to at least kick the tires on the deal. Well, let me ask you this. Does the scenario in your mind change if, and again, this is a hypothetical, if yeah. they use Curtis Samuel as a, a, a trade ship to San Francisco as part of a Debo Samuel deal, Samuel for Samuel. And again, you would have to deal with dead money on the Curtis Samuel contract, which would probably make it prohibitive. And I haven't calculated exactly yeah. that. Or let me ask you a further example. And, and again, uh, I would say no to this. Absolutely. What if you've determined that you're just not going to be able to meet Terry McLaurin's price or don't want to meet Terry McLaurin's price? And what if you use Terry McLaurin Mm. as a trade chip back 
as part of maybe a different package or a bigger package mm -hmm. involving Devo Samuel back to Washington. Do any of those scenarios speak to you in terms of wanting to be a little bit more aggressive in this situation? Uh, I would say no to Terry. I would say yes to Curtis. And that dead cap number uh, for Curtis Samuel, I did look that up earlier, is is pretty prohibitive. Uh, but we have seen situations where teams are willing to take on enough. I mean, the, the Washington Commanders just did it with Carson Wentz, took on all of uh, Carson Wentz's guaranteed money. So Indianapolis didn't have to pay any of those penalties. Curtis Samuel, you know, I don't know that the Niners would be necessarily willing to do that. But and if you do, you're going to typically pay a higher cost in the draft pick. If, if the Niners are going to take all of Samuel's dead money for you, you're going to give them more in, in draft capital, uh, you would assume. So, again, and those things may make it prohibitive. So um, what Curtis Samuel at the end of the day does, even at his best with Curtis Samuel, and this goes back to Carolina, obviously, as a running back slash wide receiver, he still was not as effective as Debo was. And really, Chris, 2021 is the first time Debo really played that role. Now, that's a positive and a negative. It's a positive because it means there's untapped potential potentially still in that part of Debo's game. It's a negative because it also could be he was so successful because teams really didn't know how to study it. Now they have that film. And granted, it's Washington, not San Francisco. But I mean, to a certain extent, you're kind of limited by what you can do anyway. So there's there's a plus minus to that whole situation uh, as well. I just, you know, if it gets to draft day, and you're at and you're sitting at number eleven, and the board doesn't fall your way. Garrett Wilson's gone, Kyle Hamilton's gone, Derek Stingley Jr. is gone. If you love him, I just I feel like it's just conversation that needs to happen. It just needs to have the the dial tone needs to come up. Is 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 what I'm saying. I'm all for a good conversation. Yeah. We try and bring that to you, you know, <laughs> five days a week. And Lord knows I've got plenty of time on the radio to provide good uh. conversation. Whether I do or not, I don't know. I'm all for good conversation. Uh. So make all the conversation, make all the love on the phone you want. It's just a matter of what you bring home. Yeah, we'll see if a deal gets tight. You know, yeah. that's that's the question. You know, and, and here's another quick thing. You know, what if Debo Samuel wants to be paid as a top flight wide receiver, 21, mm -hmm. 22, 23 million dollars, you know, Christian Kirkish money, maybe a little bit more, but he doesn't want to provide play the role that he did the second half and then in the playoffs of last, you know, that's something else that you have to figure out and ascertain. Yeah. Like you said, part of the pre-trade pre type negotiation discussion, you got to find out, tap into his DNA. What are you yeah. really about? What do you want? Adam yeah. Schefter said, you know, and this is speculatory, but he said maybe you know, it could possibly be that Debo wants to be closer to home. He's from South Carolina. Well, Samuel uh, shot that down on, on Instagram as the kids do. So he, he kind of, Oh, like, did he? Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. Okay. I, I was so. talking about that as well. And I was thinking, well, why? Washington is closer, but really, if he wants to, Charlotte, Atlanta, New Orleans, right. and some of those places need receivers, mm -hmm. you know, certainly more. Plus, don't forget Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, and yep. Mike LaFleur were in San Francisco with Debo. So, I mean, those are all better options, I think, for Debo Samuel to go elsewhere besides uh, Washington. All you know right, what it is, Chris? I figured it out just What's now on this, on this recording. Mike? Or uh, Debo wants to go play for Mike McDaniel in Miami with Tyreek Hill because Tom Brady's coming in 2023. Oh, see, now you're at like six degrees of separation <laughs> type of thing. I mean, we cook up a good conspiracy theory uh, around here. All right, coming up next, sure. Washington, the commanders, are meeting with one of the draft's top and rising prospects. Why? Who that is? 
what it's all about and what it could mean for a couple of big name defenders. That's next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Great to have you with us and here for our friends at Shady Rays. Who is Shady Rays? What is Shady Rays? Well, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. That gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes, guys. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane, and we mean insane, protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. The question that I have is, do they include protection for dog-eating your sunglasses? hope so. Uh, they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Uh, and if you give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America. When you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners, head to shadyrays.com and use the promo code locked on to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses from Shady Rays. That's code locked on for their best deal of the season. Celebrate Debo Samuel in Washington or something like that. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends over betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch each and every day. Of course, the NFL draft is here, guys, less than a week away. Fans are dying to know who their team will take. Locked On and Odyssey present the ultimate NFL Mock Draft 2022. It's the biggest mock draft on the planet featuring 70 local uh, Locked On local experts and Odyssey NFL insiders, including Michael Irvin and Jason Lockenfor. Over six episodes, the ultimate NFL Mock Draft is available Available now on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on Odyssey and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us again. Make sure you follow at LO Commanders, David at DHarrison82 on Twitter. I'm at WrestleMania61. David, make sure you read him, SI.com's Fan Nation. Uh, and, uh, of course, we try and keep you up to date on everything going on in the world of the Washington Commanders, and sometimes it is a carousel out of control. So, David, the top 30 visits basically wrapped up earlier this week. But we found out through Ben Standing of The Athletic, who does a great job, he had a source say the Washington Commanders are going to actually visit Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Uh, we don't know exactly when. We believe it's like now, you know, like right around this time, right? Or maybe this weekend. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter. What's interesting here is Trayvon Walker is thought to be, in most people's eyes, the second best edge rusher in this particular draft class. Mm -hmm. Thought to be in some people's minds, and in most mock drafts, a top five pick, a big-time athletic riser, right? And a lot of – a guy that just is one of those guys that everybody kind of falls in love with in the pre-draft process, and maybe his athleticism and his testing and his drills and, and stuff like that maybe speaks bigger than his actual performance, production, and play at Georgia – 
And I guess my question is, is do you have an issue with, in any way, them doing the extra due diligence to meet with Trayvon Walker? Let's start there. Uh, I, I never have any problem with due diligence, you know what I mean, and doing your homework on on all the players available. I think it's it is important to note that, like you know, from from what I read or from what I understand, Ron Rivera is not the one going down there. Martin Mayhew's not the one going down there, and, and I don't even think Scott or uh, not Scott Jack Del Rio is even the one going down there. So you're probably talking a position coach or you know a scout or something like that who's going down down there. So while it is you know significant, I don't know that it's as significant uh, as as you know as as a lot of people. I think this time last year. There were reports of what I think it was Ron Rivera going to look at somebody, but it turned out like their nephew played with the players. Like there, there was some. I remember vaguely. There's some kind of stories like, "Oh, Ron's going to go see this NFL draft prospect." Well, turned out like no, like the prospect happened to be there at the same time. Like Ron's nephew did. I don't know if you remember that uh, situation or not, Chris. My thing with Trevon Walker is he's obviously very talented, right? I don't want to diminish that at all, but he's more of a run stuffer than he is a pass rusher. Uh, in fact, Lance Zerline's draft profile of Walker says that he's probably a guy in his first couple of seasons you're going to pull off the field in passing downs. And Washington's defensive issues had nothing to do with the run game. They were actually pretty stout against the run game. It was getting after the quarterback. And if Trevon Walker isn't going to uh, bolster that part of your defense, then I don't know if a trade-up is really worth it. And I don't know that I would put him above uh, just because of what the team needs necessarily, uh, Kyle Hamilton or a Garrett Wilson, even if he was there at a number 11. You know, I, I think it's interesting, and, and that was, you know, that that was what what my understanding of Trayvon Walker was is, is again more of a run stopper, more of an athlete on the rise yeah. as opposed to a pure natural pass rusher. Now, I would point out in year one of Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, they did struggle. David, before we started working together, they struggled weirdly to stop the run. They got right. run on by some pedestrian running attacks. So while that got better last year, the pass rush, like you said, got worse. To me, this, even though he's projected to be a top five pick in most mock drafts, and again, I even saw one mock draft, I can't remember who it was, maybe PFF, I can't remember, that had him at number one. Number yeah. one overall. Yep. This I've to me that. seems like, I, I don't know if it's Dante Fowler, I don't know if you remember him when he went... I think he went number one in 2015 or number two or, or whatever it was. And I remember back then the Washington then Redskins and Scott McLuhan, their former GM, they had him as their top player on the board. And I didn't see it out of Florida. This to me seems like that type of thing where you get this athlete who tests really good and, and you get all the upside and the juice and you get all the hairs on your arm starts to, you know, come up and you think, oh man, we could be onto something that no Nobody else is on to, but how good is he a, and how long is it going to take him to develop as a situational pass rusher? Number one, yeah. number two, David, how good is he at truly stopping the run when he was surrounded by all of that great talent at Georgia? I, I mean, that's, these that's are the questions you have to ask. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, uh, you know, shout out to our, our guy, Tony Wiggins, host of the Locked on Jaguars podcast, our ultimate mock draft that's going on uh, right now. And, and we'll talk about that here and, and just uh, or we just talked about that. Uh, you can catch, you know, that going on. Uh, Trevor Walker, number one overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he talked about how some people look at Walker as, you know, having some of the the raw athletic ability of a Miles Garrett. And I mean, I don't know that Miles Garrett. Has, I mean, he's definitely been good in, in flashes and, and good for a very consistent amount of time. But. I don't know that that's really the proper comp for for a guy like Trevon Walker. I, and again, scouting is all the eye of the beholder, right? And that's what a lot of this mock draft and, and speculation is from. 
I just personally don't see it. I also don't see any guys like George Karloftis. Like I don't really see uh, a lot of the hype in, in, in him being as mocked as high as he has been uh, either. And then of course, and Traylon Burks uh, is a guy that at one point I th- I was actually higher on him because I was like he's a day one or day two guy. And then he became a solid day one guy. I'm like, whoa, we maybe we need to back up a little bit. Now I'm actually lower on Trey Burks than a lot of people. So, I mean, again, it's just, it's eye of the beholder. But if you're Washington, if he makes it to like, if you trade up for Trevon Walker, I'm just going to be confused. Just, just period. I'm going to be confused. If you take him at 11, and I, and I hate to bring this up again because it's already been talked about, and you then trade Deron Payne to get mid round draft capital back, then I'm like, okay, you didn't love anybody else at 11. So you come in here, you hope that you upgrade Deron Payne and you take Deron Payne out of the equation. You get some more draft picks back and now maybe we get safety wide receiver, whatever with those picks. Then I understand the strategy behind it. It will just have to see if it you know develops. Well, I, I guess under that scenario, because that's an interesting one that I didn't yeah. I guess I didn't really think of. Would would you. So Trayvon Walker would play inside then as right, opposed four, to three, you play inside and, right, okay. and he's. He's projected to fit best as a three four end, right? Which typically your three four ends would kind of move inside, would kind of move inside, right. right? Exactly. Uh, I, I wonder. I, uh, I yeah, wonder it's rough. <laughs> I, I mean, God, there's a lot of you know different scenarios that I can play in my mind, but I, I guess I should have probably thought about the pain one. But then you're subtracting from last year's good run defense, pain, right. Ionitis, Tim Settle, and really kind of hoping that you get it right with Trayvon Walker while ignoring your other needs. And like you said, maybe getting a couple of extra draft picks. Cause remember if you make the pick at 11, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to fill the third round and the fifth round void that you have right now, not to right. mention the third slash second round void that you have already on the books for next year. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see how that scenario plays out. I'm not sure I would be a big fan uh, quite honestly of, of this whole thing. Uh, yeah, all right, guys, we are coming back with a final segment right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. More barbs in the political game. Jason Friedman taking a task by one side. We'll explain more as we wrap up LOC. But guys, have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? We tell you about them all the time because if you're missing out on the Built Bar uh, Puffs, you're missing out on the first ever protein-infused marshmallow and protein-infused marshmallow treat. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're deliciousy, and they're not a protein bar. They are a treat. And again, they're covered much like Built Bars are in 100% chocolate. You can choose a couple of different flavors, yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, or again, my favorite, banana cream pie. Or you can go with the regular Built Bars, and there's nothing regular about them. Uh, as you know, most of them have about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So they are delicious for you for a late night treat, for a meal replacement after a workout. You are going to love them. Whether it's David's favorite, mint brownie, whether you're a coconut almond fan, or this month, try the white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious. They're all healthy for you. And go to built.com where they are coming out with different flavors all the time. Caramel, brownie. Oh, so good. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off at built.com by using, again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at Russellmania621 at dharrison82 and the show at LO Commanders, which Chris uh, Reese Waters, your your buddy over there at, at Team, my, my buddy as well, but your coworker at Team 980 pointed out to me the other day that uh, at LO Commanders is dangerously close to at LOL Commanders. But hey, uh, it is what it is. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't hear the whole interview. I just heard the no. very end of it, and and I, I so I didn't hear that part. So I apologize, but uh, I'm sure it was a bang up spot. I'm sure I'm I'm sure you represented us well, and you corrected him and saying Reese, everything's not a joke. Reese is a stand up comedian, right? He yeah, does this fancy yeah. TV show. He was a stand up comedian in a previous life. Not everything is a joke. Leave us alone, huh? No, it's a, it's a lot of fun being on the air with, with Reese. I always enjoy uh, talking to him. I'll tell you who's not enjoying some of their recent conversations, yeah. Chris. That's Jason Friedman. And, uh, you know, a lot of people support him. A lot of people think he's doing the right thing. Uh, but there are certainly members of Congress or at least a member of Congress who is not necessarily happy uh, with the way that things are going down and how it relates to uh, the House Oversight Committee uh, investigation into Washington commanders is going. Right. So we, we've we known about this for a while, all the way back to the Congressional Roundtable, which happened on February 3rd of this past year, right? Yeah. Uh, that the Republican side of the House Oversight and Reform Committee, or House Committee on Oversight, sorry, um, I call them the HOC. Right. That they are very against the investigation into the Washington commanders, Dan Snyder, and the NFL. So we've mm-hmm. known that for a while. So they've made several inflammatory statements that we've talked about and covered. We again saw it at the Congressional Roundtable. So nothing should be surprising about this. James Comer, who is the ranking Republican on the House Committee on Oversight, said that Jason Friedman, the former employee who did allege and provide evidence of financial improprieties, you know, and allegations against the Washington commander should be given a chance, David, to amend his statements or face an investigation by the Department of Justice for false statements. Quote, it is a crime to knowingly and willfully make any materially false fictitious or fraudulent statements or representation to Congress, including congressional staff, according to Comer. So now the question becomes, is this, uh, basically this is a, he said, she said game with evidence of some sort. We just don't know exactly what evidence Friedman's, um, I guess his, his, um, uh, you know, his his uh, his whole being is being called into question. He's being shredded. Some of the things that the Washington commanders sent in the letter to the Federal Trade Commission earlier this week were just downright nasty, awful. David, I'll just add this. I've talked to people behind the scenes that are involved in this. I can't say exactly who, but you're just going to have, you know, viewers are just going to have to trust me. Listeners are going to have to trust me. They recognize that Jason Friedman is not a perfect individual, that Jason Friedman right. did some things that he is alleged to have done. However, they stand by him. They act publicly, privately, the lawyers involved, Lisa Banks and and, and KMB Legal, uh, they are standing by their guy. They have documentation. The House Oversight Committee, the Democratic side, has proof beyond just testimony. They have 
actual proof to yeah. counter what Washington is saying. So basically it becomes who and what side others are going to believe. And that means the Federal Trade Commission, and that could mean other elements of the federal government. And I don't know if this smear campaign by the team is going to absolutely take down Jason Friedman and make him wither away and go away. I mean, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, you know, so it, it appears on, on certain levels that they're basically trying to scare Jason uh, into going back into the shadows. And I think if you're Jason Friedman and if you're uh, his lawyers and you're the people that are supporting him, you just have to understand uh, you're either telling the truth or you're not. Like at the end of the day, Jason's either telling the truth or he's not telling the truth. And if he's telling the truth and he he's he's talking about what he can prove, because, uh, again, and it doesn't always work out the way people want it to. Uh, but in this type of scenario, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. So if Jason has proof of the things that he's saying publicly, then he has nothing to worry about. All the threats in the world and all the, uh, you know, Washington claiming he's just a disgruntled employee and all these other things uh, in the world aren't going to take away from the evidence that he provides. Now, if he doesn't have the evidence uh, to back up what he's saying, then quite honestly, I'm going to question the lawyer and say, why are you letting him get in front of Congress and say things that you know he can't prove in the first place? But if he has the evidence, then, you know, then, then. Uh, all of the all of the the intelligently written threats from a from a congressperson or representative uh, aren't really going to matter at the end of the day. And and just like you, Chris, I saw someone I can't remember her name to save the life of me on Twitter, um, but she uh, uh, identified herself as a former employee of the team. Not sure what capacity she was in, but she mentioned that Jason during her entire time there, she went through some things, and Jason was always a friend to her and and, and backed her up and helped her out uh, through some of those sticky situations. You know, um, none of us are perfect. You know, all of us are flawed. It was bound, and, and I think he had to have known that his lawyers had to warn him that, you know, listen, you got fired in October 2020, then you decided to come out with this stuff. That's going to come up, and you're going to be painted in a certain type of light. So this shouldn't be anything uh, that Jason wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, prepared for. But really, you know, Representative Comer not saying anything that's necessarily untrue. Uh, you know, it is a crime to knowingly, willfully make false statements or provide false material uh, in front of Congress or to any legal authority. That's well known. Um, really, what it does is sounds much more threatening and, and, and uh, ominous than. It actually is, unless, like I said, Jason did uh, lie or fabricate evidence. So as long as he didn't do any of those things, he's got nothing to worry about. Yeah, I, I mean, there's going to be more developments yeah. every, not maybe not every day, but every week for sure. And we're going to stay on top of it the best we can without beating you guys over the head. But we do have to pass along what is being said and what is being exchanged in, uh, in, in many different forms. But we thank you guys for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first watch. If you're watching on YouTube of the day, now make your second listen of the uh, day, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, as they bring the NFL draft to life each and every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back after the weekend as we count you down to the NFL draft, which is coming in less than a week. If you want to hop in, it's locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or on the voicemail 301 615 3577. That's 301-615-3577. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders at SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.